Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues continue their hot streak, extending their point streak to 16 games, continuing their franchise record. Robert Thomas extended his point streak, tying Connor McDavid for the longest point streak in the NHL this season. Uh, like I said, the St. Louis Blues won two games this weekend, so I'm going to be getting into both of those. And then today, Vladimir Tarasenko was nominated for the Masterson Trophy, uh, which is basically comeback player of the year. Every team nominates one guy, so I'm going to be talking about that as well. Busy Monday episode for you guys today. Make sure you stay tuned. You're Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman. I'm going to be taking you guys on a solo episode today. Got a busy weekend to cover the Blues played two games, and I'm going to be talking about the first one here in the first segment, the 5-4 victory over the Arizona Coyotes. Now, this game wasn't all... uh, (laughs) Wasn't all uh, easy, smooth sailing for the St. Louis Blues. It was at first. Uh, they took a 3 nothing lead uh, off of goals from Justin Falk, Ivan Barbashev, and Brandon Saad. Uh, things were looking pretty good. Uh, the Coyotes made it 3-1, to one, but the Blues then made it 4-1. to one, And in the third period, the Blues proceeded to blow said 4-1 to one lead to the Arizona Coyotes. Um allowing the first goal of the season for for one guy, the third goal of the season for another guy, and the fourth goal of the season for the third goal scorer. So kind of gave up some goals to no names. Uh, no offense to the Arizona Coyotes and those players, but um, definitely pretty concerning there. Uh, the Blues did, however, lock up that point streak, extend that point streak by forcing that game into overtime, which is an area where they have been very, very poor this season. Um but they came away with a victory as Justin Falk got his second of the night um, off of assists from Vladimir Tarasenko and soon to be added Robert Thomas. Now, there's a few things uh, to get into in that game. First of all, I just want to talk about how hilarious it is that the Blues filed the grievance with the NHL uh, to get Robert Thomas. I don't know if they filed a grievance or whatever the term is, but um, basically the broadcast made it sound like during Sunday's game is that the overtime goal was scored by Justin Falk uh, Vladimir Tarasenko got the assist, and that's what the official game sheet said at the end of the game. Now, what they said on the broadcast, I don't know how true this is, is that the Blues complained to the NHL um, that Robert Thomas also deserves an assist on that, which I'm sure would not have occurred if he was not on that point streak. But the NHL, whoever decides these things, I guess, took a look at the goal and said, yeah, Robert Thomas does get an assist on that. So his point streak continued there. That was pretty funny. Um kind of hearing that uh, and, and and thinking about, you know, someone in the Blues organization waking up and writing a letter, Dear NHL, I would like you to take a look at this. Whatever, I don't know. I just thought that was a little bit, of, a little funny, a little bit of a tangent. Um, that being said, though, you know, you could take the, the negative takeaway from this game and say, how the heck do you blow a 4-1 lead to the Arizona Coyotes? Uh, I choose to take a positive takeaway um, in the sense that, you're gonna blow leads in the playoffs. It's gonna happen. You're gonna be up one nothing, two one, three one, whatever. You're, there's gonna be times when you're winning, um, and then you aren't winning. You know that's that's the nature of the sport. You're gonna you're gonna have a lead, and then you're gonna give up that lead. That's gonna happen to the Blues at some point in the playoffs. 
and they showed a lot of resilience. You know, uh, Arizona put on a lot of pressure there in that third period. They did a good job of of kind of keeping it um, tied in regulation. Arizona definitely had a few chances to to win the game in regulation there. They had a lot of momentum at the end of the game. Um, and the Blues did a good job of basically, you know, forcing overtime in a game where they were really being outplayed um, at the end there. Jordan Bennington, not his strongest performance, but he made some really big saves um, before they gave up, before they blew the lead and, you know, after they blew the lead. Um, he did a good job of kind of keeping the Blues in the game, giving them a chance to win. And sure enough, their offense did exactly that. Um Blues came away with a victory there in that game, which obviously huge for them, extended the point streak and kind of extended their brand new winning streak to two games at that point. Um, but I mean, overall, yeah, it's concerning that they kind of played down to their competition again, played down to the Arizona Coyotes, you know, should have kept the 4-1 lead and, and not looked back for sure. But also, you know, like I said, you're, there's going to be times when the Blues um, are winning in the playoffs and then they blow a lead. So, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't get discouraged. They didn't hang their heads and, and, and you know, get out of what made, what worked. They kind of just kept their heads down, kept grinding, kept doing what had gotten them goals, what had worked in the past, and it led to them getting that victory in overtime. Um, and I think that sort of translated as well to the game on Sunday against the Anaheim Ducks because it was kind of the opposite story where the Blues were outplaying the crap out of the Ducks early on, but the Ducks scored two goals on their first two shots. And we're up 2-0 at the end of the first period with only, like I think, like three shots on goal. The shots at the end of one were 12-3 to uh, Blues, and they were down 2-0. So they kind of channeled the same energy and, and didn't get discouraged in that game. Um, so kind of, like I said, a tale of two different wins this weekend. The first one, they kind of blew a lead, um, hung on, kept being resilient, and, and got a win in overtime. Sunday's game was the exact opposite. They got you know, pretty embarrassed early on, giving up, like I said, two goals on the first two shots of the game for the Anaheim Ducks. Um, even though they were out playing them, you know, it really felt like there was nothing they could do. They couldn't get past John Gibson. Um, and then they came back with a vengeance in the second period, scoring four goals while John Hamm was in the booth. I'm going to get into that. John Hamm being the good luck charm um, and all that stuff. A lot of exciting stuff to talk about from that Anaheim game. So make sure you stay tuned. Before we get into that, I wanted to tell you guys about today's title sponsor because this episode is brought to you by betonline.net. Now, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info, you can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, so following their 5-4 overtime victory on Saturday... The St. Louis Blues took on the Anaheim Ducks on Sunday in what is Ryan Getzlaff's final game of his career. Super emotionally charged. Um, I even jokingly said to my friends, uh, Blues are going to lose this game. You know, I feel like anytime you got like a retirement ceremony or something like that, um, teams get pretty emotional. It was definitely a very high emotion game for the Anaheim Ducks. As we saw early, they played really hard in that first period. They didn't get a ton of scoring chances, didn't get a ton of shots, but they made life difficult on the Blues. Um, <clears throat> as I sort of predicted. Um, and they went up 2 nothing really early. They scored a goal on their first shot um, off of a two-on-one um, after David Perron hit the post, which who knows how differently the game would have gone if David Perron scores that goal and, and you know, the Ducks don't immediately turn that into a two-on-one. But they, um, sure enough, they go down to two-on-one, Maxime Comtois, 
who had previously gone down off of a questionable, or I guess like not questionable in terms of the the uh, legality of it, but uh, kind of went down calling for like a, a major penalty on I believe it was Buchnevich. Um or no, it was I think it was Torpchenko. Um, hit him kind of up high, not really, and down on the ice. And the announcers were saying, "Oh, this could be a major penalty." I don't know. Got his revenge. Uh, got a goal on the two on one to put the Ducks up one nothing, and then. Less than or a little bit over two minutes after that, um, Mayhew gets his 11th of the year for them off of a rocket from the point that kind of just snuck past Billy Huso. And then at that point, it was like, okay, great, two shots on goal, two goals. What are we doing here, Blues? And it was a uh, it was a bit of a rough end to the first. You know, the Blues definitely looked a little shell shocked. Um, looked like they were, you know, looked very frustrated. You know, John Gibson is a spectacular goalie, and they got a bunch of really good scoring chances that Gibson just you know, shut the door on, didn't allow any rebounds, didn't allow any good opportunities. <clears throat> you could tell that the Blues were getting a little frustrated there later in that first period. You know, they were out shooting the, the Ducks like crazy, but just couldn't solve the mystery that was John Gibson. That is until the second period when um, Don Draper himself, John Ham, decided to join the broadcast booth and worked his magic on the St. Louis Blues because when John Ham entered the broadcast booth. The Blues were down two nothing. He was in the broadcast booth for like seven minutes of game time, fifteen minutes, you know, of real time. By the time that John Ham was done with his little guest spot in the broadcast booth, the Blues were not. Not only were they no longer trailing two nothing, they were winning four to two. The Blues scored four goals in seven and a half minutes of game time absolutely ridiculous stuff from the blues offense um i tweeted it out in that first period i said this is a blues team that has shown that they can come back from deficits like this they can just score in bunches and and you know make leads go away um i wasn't expecting (laughs) such a potent offensive outburst as the one that we saw i mean obviously if i had known that john ham was coming maybe i would have changed my uh, wording a little bit but the point that i was trying to make and saying that the blues you know have that ability is that when you have an offense as potent as the St. Louis Blues, it's easy to score two goals over two periods. You know, it's easy to come back from a two-goal deficit. It's not like you're you're playing like the the Montreal Canadiens of last year, where you're you're relying on winning games two-one, one-nothing with Carey Price being your savior. You know, the Blues have a very potent offense, and um, like I said, have the ability to come back from leads like that. We you know we saw them put up four goals on Arizona and then still win in overtime, and this was the exact opposite. You know, they gave up two goals early, could have been very discouraged, and then they came out in the second period and. I, I think the shots at the end of that period were like 29 to nine in favor of the St. Louis blues. So they, they outshot the, the ducks in that period, like 17 to six, something crazy like that. Um, they scored four goals on seven shots, four goals on five shots, something like that. Um, it was ridiculous. <laughs> they just didn't, didn't know how to not score. When they shot on the net, that was a little bit of a broken sentence, but still, it was like truly mind blowing to see the offense work as well as it was in that stretch. Just like they were getting so frustrated by John Gibson, and all of a sudden, a little weird bouncing goal. You know, Jordan Cairo fires a puck, bounces off a defender, beats John Gibson, and then the same thing happens on Tarasenko's goal. Another, you know, uh, Nico Mikola kind of threw a shot on net, bounced up, hit Tarasenko's shin pad, and went in. You know, two garbage goals that get past John Gibson you know two goals that he couldn't have had no matter how well he was playing like he was stopping every point blank shot but 
Those two weird little deflections were all it took for John Gibson to lose that edge, lose that confidence. And then the floodgates were open. So the first goal, Jordan Cairo's goal, occurred 7 minutes and 29 seconds into the second. Vladimir Tarasenko's goal occurred a minute and 8 seconds later at the 8 or 8 minutes and 37 seconds into the second period. And then uh chaos broke loose. Uh John Ham says the uh the quote, "Oh, that Ivan Barbashev guy. He's a he's a big spark plug because okay, a little bit of background. We got we got we got to rewind all the way back to the year 2019 when John Ham was last in the broadcast booth. Ivan Barbashev was on the ice. John Ham praised Ivan Barbashev's play. Immediately after, Barbashev scored a goal. This is back in 2019. All of a sudden, here we are, 2022. John Ham is in the broadcast booth again. He has just witnessed two goals. The broadcast is unintelligible at that point. You know, I was I was looking at looking down at my phone. All of a sudden, I hear uh, John Kelly, Darren Pang, and John Ham go, and that was the second goal. Um, just there, you could tell they were having a great time. The players were laughing on the bench. I was like, okay, this is starting to get fun. Barbashev hops back out onto the ice. Um, after getting an assist on that first goal, by the way, which the now the 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 broadcast booth was already having a good enough time with that, like, oh my god, Barbashev, another assist. You know, John Ham, miracle worker with Barbashev. Little do they know, they're talking about Ivan Barbashev. John Ham says, quote, Yeah, Barbashev, he's such a spark plug. Literally 30 seconds later, if that. Ivan Barbashev scores a goal off of a tip-in with John Hamm still in the booth, of course. So he predicts Ivan Barbashev's goal back in 2019. He does so again um, last night in the uh, in the Anaheim game. Blues are up 3-2. to two, But before you can even blink, Justin Falk makes it 4-2 to two with John Hamm still in the booth. They didn't even have time to get the interview. They wanted to, you know, talk to John Hamm about St. Louis, about the Blues. They didn't even have time to, like, interview him because of all the goals the Blues were scoring. It was hilarious. John Kelly, Darren, they were all, they were laughing. John Hamm was laughing. It was like they they were, I don't want to call it unprofessional because that makes it sound bad, but it was definitely the, the most laid back and relaxed I've seen in that broadcast booth. And it was so much fun. Um, it made that four-goal tirade even that more fun, just knowing how, how good of a time they were having in the broadcast booth. After that, Pava Buchnevich scores his 30th of the season off an absolute snipe into the top corner, bar down. First of all, 30 goals from Pava Buchnevich. Huge, huge stuff from him. And then Marco Scandella scores the sixth goal of the night for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, anytime Marco Scandella is scoring, you know you're you know you're having a rough night. I mean, it's amazing. The 360 or the 180 John Gibson took from looking absolutely unbeatable to allowing a five hole goal to Marco Scandella. Um, it's amazing what this Blues offense is capable of just kind of taking the will out of a goalie as good as John Gibson. Anyways, that being said, though, that, that was all she wrote for that game. Blues came away with a 6 3 victory. And like I said, I mean, this team is just fun as heck. They score goals in bunches. You could see the players were laughing on the bench. Even after the first goal, Kairou was couldn't couldn't help but smirk. Tarasenko couldn't help but smirk after his goal. Like they were like, "Man, this is fun, isn't it? It's we're scoring goals with our knees now." So I mean, this if we have been, if you're not convinced that this Blues offense can can beat any team in the NHL on, on the right night, especially with Colorado kind of faltering lately, they haven't been playing their best hockey. Ah man, this 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 might be the the best offense I've had the pleasure of watching in in all my years of, of Blues fandom by a long shot. It is going to be so fun to watch this team in the postseason and and seeing how they adjust on offense and and continue to just put up monstrous goal numbers on on teams. Now, 
one guy that has been putting up monstrous goal totals is Vladimir Tarasenko. He's had a career year, one of, if not his best year as a St. Louis Blue, and that is following three shoulder surgeries in the span of 28 months, I believe the, the timeline was. So three shoulder surgeries over the last two years and change for Tarasenko really hadn't looked like his former self in a long time. A lot of people, myself included, were very hesitant to assume he would ever reach that level again. Not only has he reached that level again, but he has surpassed it having one of, like I said, if not the best year he's had of his career, um, 30 plus goals, tons of assists. Um, and for that reason, he is nominated for the Bill Masterton Trophy, which is given to basically the comeback player of the year. So in this third segment, I'm kind of giving my pitch, my case to the NHL award voters. I know they're all listening to this podcast. What else do they have to do of why I think Vladimir Tarasenko deserves that award. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But first, make sure you guys check out our good friends over at Built Bar. Now, Built Bar has so many good products. You've heard me talk about them all the time. Um, they're delicious protein bars that taste like a candy bar. Um, they're really, like I said, they're delicious. They're, but the best part is they're good for you. You know, you're, you're eating a Built Bar. You're not feeling bad about what you're eating. Compared to the, the macros of a candy bar, um, way less calories, way less sugar, more protein, more net carbs, and they're all covered in 100% chocolate. So you can sort of engage that sweet tooth, including their new products called built puffs, which are protein infused marshmallows, which is just as delicious as they sound. So many good flavors, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. So go to built.com, use promo code locked 15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. And I'll be right back to wrap up today's episode. All right, so flashback about eight months ago, nine months ago-ish, a year ago, whatever. Twitter was on fire. Vladimir Tarasenko had requested a trade. Hasn't looked like himself in seasons, multiple shoulder surgeries. At that point, it was probably three shoulder surgeries in, in two years. Um, wasn't happy with his role. Wasn't you know satisfied with his production, whatever. W- wanted to change the scenery. Felt like the most painful breakup that none of us wanted to have. Now here we are. Not only has Vladimir Tarasenko not been traded from the St. Louis Blues, he has had one of, if not the best, year of his career. Vladimir Tarasenko has already set a career high in points with 82. Um, six behind his career goal total, career high goal total with 34. 12 already 12 ahead of his uh, career high in assists with 48 this season and has looked like he is uh, a crucial member of the best line in hockey as of late in the Pavel Buchnevich, Robert Thomas, Vladimir Tarasenko trio that has been lighting the world on fire. Um, all of this following three shoulder surgeries in 28 months. Look, I was, I was just saying now, I was wrong. I, I did not think Vladimir Tarasenko had this in him after all those shoulder surgeries. I thought the best was behind us. I still thought he could be a really good player, but but not not this good. Um, He's going to be point per game for an 82-game season. You know, he's got 82 points now. Obviously, he isn't going to play in 82 games this season, but um, he's going to be point per game this season. He's well ahead of it already right now with 82 points in 73 games. Um, has looked absolutely unbelievable alongside Pavel Buchnevich and Robert Thomas as of late. Um, and, you know, is doing so after a very tumultuous offseason where he was in a ton of headlines and had probably a ton of 
criticism and slander directed his way after that trade request went public. Um, it has not been easy going for Vladimir Tarasenko. Like I said, he had three shoulder surgeries in 28 months. And one of those surgeries was because the previous surgery didn't take. And he was very frustrated with that. That was one of the reasons why that trade request was made is that he, had, he, he wasn't happy with how the surgeries had gone. And he felt like the only reason he needed to get that third surgery or that second surgery was because the one before didn't go well. He, he had dealt with a lot over the last two or so seasons since the Blues won the Stanley Cup um, and had a lot of pressure on him this season. You know, coming in after dominating headlines and, and you know, being in such a public trade request, it was tough for Vladimir Tarasenko right off the bat, without a doubt. You know, it was probably very nerve-wracking for him to, to return in front of the fans. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but the fans could have very easily turned on him and booed him and, you know, been unhappy with the way that he, he had handled the whole trade thing, whatever. There was a very good chance that he wasn't going to get the fan support. And he, you know, came in, did his job, and the fans backed him up right away and, and showed him support. And he's gone on to have the best year of his career um, this season at the age of 30, following three shoulder surgeries in 28 months. I'm going to keep saying that because if there's ever a reason to give a guy the Masterton Trophy, it's the fact that he's had three surgeries in like two years and is now having a career year. It is unbelievable the production we've seen from Vladimir Tarasenko this year. And we've almost gotten used to it as of late that we're not talking about how crazy it is. Now, I haven't read on, up on all the other nominees. There might be some guys out there that are more deserving um, just based off of what they've been through, their backgrounds, whatever. But uh, in terms of Blues players and in recent years, I you know, you got to nominate someone from the Masterton Trophy every year. And maybe besides Jay Bowmeister come, um, dealing with his heart condition and all that, um, I haven't really seen a, a convincing Blues Masterton nominee recently until Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, just the, the, the absolute uh, storybook season that he is having based off of what he's been through, based off of all the, the drama and rumors and news. It, this is was best case scenario. If you had told me when I read that tweet that Vladimir Tarasenko had requested a trade, if you're like, not only is he not going to be traded, but he is going to put up a career high in points on one of the best lines in the NHL with the St. Louis Blues this season and have a big old grin on his face while doing it, I would have thought you were crazy. That was far and away the best case scenario when that trade request was made. I did not see this coming. So for that reason, I think he has as good of a case as anyone to win the Masterton Trophy this year. I'm excited to see what he can do tomorrow night against the Colorado Avalanche because that's going to be a huge game. But we'll have that preview for you here on the Lockdown Blues podcast. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Check us out on all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. Follow us there. And then subscribe to our YouTube. We've been doing these YouTube videos. They're a lot of fun. Um, engaging with you guys in the comments. We've been growing subscribers pretty rapidly here. We've really enjoyed that. So make sure you're checking us out there. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. You can follow Tommy, my co-host on Twitter at twelcher 15 That being said, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.